Cutting through an overload of information to get to the heart of the story. This is The Point. Welcome to a special edition of The Point with me, Liu Xing, coming to you from Beijing. A picture has gone viral in the Chinese social media where U.S. Secretary of State Anthony Blinken, during a Senate hearing at the end of October, was confronted with a sea of red hands up in the air in silent protest against the plan to channel more funding to support Israel in the ongoing conflict between Israel and Hamas. Disrupted by the scene and shouts of ceasefire now, the hearing before the U.S. Senate Appropriations Committee was forced to suspend several times. The scene shook many people here in China, with many retweeting the picture and expressing support to the protesters. Why the silent protest? Did they manage to have their voices heard? I talked with Jody Evans, co-founder of the anti-war organization Code Pink, who organized the protests. Jody, thank you very much for joining us. You are co-founder of Code Pink. Tell us about the idea behind this protest. Why did you organize that? And uh, what do you think of the response you have received? Thank you. And thanks for having me. So um, that protest is part of what Code Pink has been doing for the last 21 years. Because we're a feminist peace organization, when... Uh, the U.S. Congress or Senate is being asked for for more money for war, we try to raise up the cost of that war. And um, many years ago, maybe 15, 16 years ago, uh, we were known for having bloody hands around the face of Condoleezza Rice, who was asking for more money to continue the bombing of the innocent people of Iraq. We go into Congress and disrupt it um, whenever there's a drive for more war. And so here we are, this situation in Gaza is heart-wrenching. It shouldn't be, it is a crime against humanity. And from the founding of Code Pink, the liberation of the people of Palestine has been something we've been dedicated to. We're part of the BDS movement, boycott, divestment and sanctions that was copied from the movement in South Africa that was successful in liberating it from white rule over a country of mostly Africans who were subjected to brutality similar to those in Palestine. Last year, over 200 Palestinians were murdered before the October 7th resistance by Hamas. I want to say right here that I am deeply disturbed by all the lives being lost in what's happening in Palestine and Israel and that I know that it is a result of the occupation by Israel of Palestine. So the occupation needs to end for the violence to end. So why would Code Pink activists disrupt a Senate hearing? We hold in our hearts, we, we cry every day by what is happening and that the Blinken would go to the Senate instead of calling for a ceasefire, ask for more weapons, more military aid to Israel, is yet a crime against humanity. And of course we would be in the in the Senate holding up the bloody hands that the United States Congress 
Senate and presidency have on their hand and say, no, there must be a ceasefire for the lives of the people. And this is for not just the Palestinians, but this is for the globe. People around the world are deeply disturbed and frightened by what's happening. What do you say to the people who are being held hostage by Hamas? I mean, there are a lot of people who are saying... We say to the American, Mm. we say a ceasefire, negotiate. Uh, release the hostages, release the hostages that Israel has of the Palestinians that is now 10,000. It's always, you know, unequal. You believe that the Palestinians are collectively being held hostage in a way. Well, yes, that is definitely true. So yes, in the occupation, in the hostage holding of the entire Palestinian population. But I think before we get there, we could actually the U.S. could actually negotiate the release of the hostages that Hamas is holding with the release of the hostages that Israel is holding. Let's start there. You know, negotiation. Well, what kind of hostages? Oh, so you're talking about the Gazan people as a collective? No, 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 no. I'm talking about the ones that Israel has in prison right now of Palestinian people. Right now, it's holding ten thousand prisoners of the okay. Palestinian people. Okay. Well, and there are a lot of information to unpack in in that paragraph you just said. First of all, how many people were there in that hall? How did they get in there? And when they have the bloody hands, whose bloody hands do they mean? Sure. So, um we if there is going to be a hearing asking for more money for war, we get first in line to enter to be the audience of that hearing. Um, the U.S. in the U.S., Congress has to have a hearing where the public is also allowed to witness. So we're always okay. the first in line. And of course, we've been doing this for 21 years. So we know before we go in the order of which people will speak, how they will stand up, what their sign says. And for this one, it was to continue to not let Blinken ask, but to continue the disruption, one person after another being dragged out and arrested one person after another disrupting what Blinken had to say because we knew what he wanted was $14.5 billion for more weapons to Israel. So that is what we have at our capacity is a way to disrupt that ask. And it's planned ahead of time. You saw everyone with their sign. You saw the both those people that did not want to be arrested and those that were willing to be arrested on two sides of the aisle so that the ones just holding up their bloody hands were not arrested and those who disrupted were arrested, including the co-founder of Code Pink, my partner, Medea Benjamin. Were you aware that there was the risk of being arrested? Yes, very much so. So we're a nonviolent organization. And, you know, since Gandhi and Martin Luther King and in, in the history of nonviolence, what um, you do as a nonviolent active action person is you know that by breaking a law, you're exposing the violence of the oppressor. And here, by breaking the law, we're willing to break the law to be disrupting business as usual, which is Blinken coming to the Senate, asking for $4.5 billion and not saying anything about the responsibility of the U.S. 
that has been funding the violence against the Palestinian people, not talking about the violence of the US in not working to end the occupation of Palestine, but instead increasing the violence of the occupation of Palestine. What those bloody hands were about are the 10,000 Palestinians that have been murdered in their resistance, in their nonviolent actions to try to stop what is happening to them. But people would say, look, Hamas killed innocent people. Some people would say you are trying to defend a terrorist organization or terrorism. What? How do you respond to that? That's a long stretch. So that's how power uses propaganda to stop people from pointing out very basic facts. I'm not defending Hamas. I am calling on the United States, which is the oppressor here, and saying stop the violation on the people of Palestine. What the U.S. and the media that follows the U.S. leadership is doing is trying to deflect the responsibility away from the United States to Hamas, which is a resisting the oppression. And at the U.N., the oppressed has the right to resist the oppressor. Yes, some people would say that you have an oppression. Okay, you have the right to fight, to resist that oppression, but by whatever means, you know, some people would say that. The oppressor, Israel and the United States, have point blank murdered innocent just this year, but let's, you know, just talk about the last 13 years since I've been in Gaza. Thousands of people point blank murdered thousands of innocent people. There are thousands of innocent people. Where has the global outrage been in the murdering of those thousand people? And let me tell you, many of them were children. This has been happening, and it's been happening not in silence. It, it's been happening, movies have been made about it, news has been happening about it, but the global outcry has not been there. So what we're asking is, whose life is more valuable? Why are we making it a hierarchy of the value of lives? Where was the outrage of the people in Israel at the murder of Palestinian people nonviolently resisting for the last 20 years? They have been murdered. They are being held in prison for doing nothing. The dehumanization that it is to be in the prison of Israel that is around the Palestinian people is a crime already against humanity. It's, I have taken people to Gaza. It turns your stomach. I've had people come home and not be able to talk for a month. Anybody that has been to the West Bank or Gaza is witnessing a violence against humanity. So yes, it is horrible that innocent lives were taken. That is horrible. We do not want innocent lives taken. But to stop the violence is to stop the occupation, not to increase the violence. Who are the people in Hamas? They are people who have watched their brothers, their mothers, their sisters, their grandparents be murdered by the Israeli occupation. It radicalizes people.
I understand what you're saying. Well, some some Israeli people or officials have been saying, look, they're not murdering innocent people because to murder means because they're, you know, according to common sense is murder is you are deliberately trying to kill someone. Whereas they're saying they're not targeting innocent people or civilians. They are targeting the terrorists and it comes at a price that's probably too high. What is your reaction to that? The United States has 800 military bases around the world, spends trillions of dollars on military and weapons and does target innocent people. And if you watch what's happening to the people of Palestine, you're not a terrorist if you're resisting occupation. So who gets to call the resistance terrorism? Who? And then who is a terrorist? I I have watched, I have watched the murder of Palestinian nonviolent activists in the West Bank. I have watched them point blank being murdered, even kids. So to say they don't, they're they're saying right now that they're not intending to kill innocent people, they are liars. They have been liars for the last 75 years, and they continue to be liars. And the world lets them get away with their lies. And the price to the world is a lot. The world has to stop this. This is insane. Those lies create insane thinking. It is not okay to kill children. It is not okay to bomb hospitals. That we live in a world where we are allowing that we are creating a world none of us want to live in. And the peace-loving people of the world have got to speak up, have got to not be used by these lies and this distortion, which is the same distortion that they are using against China, the same distortion that they are trying to drive a war on China. So when we let warmongers and those who are actually terrorists get away with telling lies and we swallow those lies and let ourselves be used by those lies to be violent and to allow violence, that is a problem for the whole globe. And let me say that war is the greatest contributor to climate change. And the cost of these wars is being money that's being taken away from how we should be pivoting to saving the planet and life on the planet. And the cost of these wars and what they do to the planet is taking us closer and closer to a brink where there is no way back. So that we're talking about, we're letting the United States empire and Palestine create the conversation that people agree to instead of looking at oppressed people and what is happening to them, that's our brains being manipulated. That is our hearts and minds being weaponized for war and violence. We know better. Yeah. We look at it, just look at it. Yeah. When you look at a people that has no military, has no airplanes, has no nuclear weapons, has no tanks, and you try to call that the power inequality, it's stark. It's not equal. Hmm. Well, Israel does have perceived 
a great, great sense, they say they perceive a great sense of danger about their existence. And uh, a lot of the people in Israel actually do identify with that fear, whether they don't know better or they uh, have been threatened or their children or their family have been, you know, taken hostage. And so there is this great perception, this big perception that Israel has to go out of its way in order to keep its land, you know, for existence. What do you say to that? So let's talk about that in relation to China right now, because that's what warmongers do. That's what empires do. That's why we're called Code Pink, is we, you know, while Bush was frightening the American people into agreeing to a war on an innocent country, Iraq, they, he did that by color-coded alerts, orange, red, and yellow, to make Americans afraid. Oh my God, you know, terrorism is around the corner, be afraid, and make, I'm gonna use that fear, I'm gonna weaponize that fear inside of you, and I'm gonna go kill four and a half to six million people in the Middle East on behalf of your fear. Well, that's what Netanyahu has done. There was peace happening in the Middle East, and Netanyahu wouldn't have it. Instead, he empowered Hamas. He arranged for Hamas to be funded. He put them in power of the people in Gaza so that he would have an opponent. So there Do would you be say that When you say that Netanyahu is um, not in the open, but you know, uh, under the table for help funding Hamas, there needs to be yes. an evidence. Yeah, there needs yes. to be evidence. It's totally inevident. If you want to know the truth, it is there. The problem is you listen to the, the manufactured consent uh, propaganda of the powers instead of observing the truth that is available. He, he didn't hide that he was empowering Hamas. That's not hidden. He didn't hide that he wanted to destroy the people of Palestine and take all their lands for Israel. That's not hidden. That is the plan. So it's not hidden. But he, if, if you want to hold anyone accountable, the violence is created by the occupation. When you have an occupation, people will resist. When you are dehumanized, when you are murdered, when you are left to not have a life, when you have no reason to live, you will resist. That's what happens. And of course, people in Israel are afraid. People are in, in Israel are afraid because the Jews have been oppressed for their entire existence. Of course, they're afraid. And when they, the Jews first came to Palestine, they lived in peace with the people of Palestine. It was Zionism. It was this attempt to kick all the Palestinians out and take over and occupy their lands that creates not peace. It creates an abusive situation that will have people resisting. So what? yes, then put people in jail and then they resist. It creates a fear. The creation of the fear in Israel has been created by the Zionist project. To look at the Palestinian people and say they are violent is to misidentify who the people of Palestinian Palestine are. They're farmers. They're all of, they grow all <laughs> olives they're shepherds yeah. it is when you have the greatest military in the world and you are calling people who are farmers and olive growers terrorists that's a sin that's a crime 
What is our biggest enemy here? What are you calling calling out? Zionist, imperial, Zionism, imperialism. What is the one biggest enemy? Where a propaganda, propaganda of imperialism and Zionism. The propaganda that uses you to missee what is happening. So I want to relate this to China because it's happening towards China right now. And it's why I created China is not our enemy, because I saw the I saw the violent propaganda four years ago building in the United States. I saw the hate towards China growing. I saw all these ways that China was being held up as violent, violating human rights, violating people's sovereignty. Like I saw it across platforms. I'm like, oh my God, that's the empire ready to go to war on China. That can't happen, not in this time in history. We need cooperation between the United States and China for the planet, for the future of the planet, for the future of the people. We need to learn from China instead how to take people out of poverty. We live in a country where every major city has people living on the streets. We have numbers towards the tipping point of the planet going up faster than they were predicted. We don't need a war with China, another nuclear power, a thing that should be frightening everyone. We need peace. But what so I saw was the propaganda growing. And let me tell you, the price of that propaganda already has casualties. And they're Asian Americans in the United States. The violence and hate toward Asian Americans has increased 4,000%. In the last 12 months in the United States of America, three quarters of Chinese Americans have experienced violence and hate. This is happening. So if you want to witness the end result of this, is violence. When you use propaganda, when you weaponize hearts and minds, when you turn people into calling other people enemies, into demonizing other people and calling them names, which by the way is bullying and should be finished by third grade on a schoolyard, that's not the way we get along on a planet. We live on a planet where we all have to get along. The Biden administration has been saying, we care about the innocent people. You know, they, they are saying that. Harris said that. Biden said that. Blinken said that. You know, they have. They, they They're liars. They are liars. That Are you going to listen to that while you're watching them bomb innocent people? They are liars. That's the lie of an empire. That is a lie. You can't care about people and bomb them. That's insanity. That's a distortion of a brain. That's a lie. We do you can't think allow you're... lies. Mm. No, I don't see. I am sorry. That is a lie. And they are using, pe that is a distortion of your mind. No, they do not care about us people. It's the same as asking for more money for weapons for Ukraine. Who do those weapons kill? They kill Ukrainians. They kill innocent, poor Ukrainians that are lined up on the front lines. Power. People in power, mostly men, kill, I would say, most people who are in armies, they're innocent. It is these people in power that have distorted thinking that you can line people up in front of each other and kill each other. We have to stop this insanity. 
aren't we more conscious? We're supposed to be more progressive. We saw this with the First World War. We saw this with the Second World War. We swore never to be this stupid again. We are allowing that stupidity when you let somebody tell you they care about innocent people while they're bombing them. That is insane. Finally, what do you think of the effects of the protests in the Senate hearing? The It was silent. You know, you just have these hands raising up, some people taken out of uh, the room, arrested, maybe not these people with the red hands up. How do you look at that? Because for a lot of people, there is a great sense of helplessness. You know, that is the problem here. And in a week or two, people will be fed up, not because they don't care anymore, but because they cannot stand watching the same thing on TV over and over again and be uh, traumatized by the sadness of it. So eventually, Eventually, even if the war is going on, like in Ukraine, people will pay less and less attention. And, and do you think it has been effective, your passive, your uh, peaceful protest with those bloody hands on? Yes, it has been effective. Immediately after that, a senator, by the way, a senator who was the very first person that APAC got on their side, he came out for ceasefire. So we broke with the stand you know, of the Senate he came out for a ceasefire. So that was a success. We have to remember that eroding the power of the empire, it's powerful. It owns all the media. To move it, it takes layers and layers of creating courage, of letting people not be demoralized, but seeing that when we're standing there, they want to stand with us. We, we're A weekend is starting where we have over 100, I think we have something like 300 marches scheduled around the world. We could have up to 12 million people in the streets of the world saying no, and that will continue to grow. This is a crime against humanity. Biden's already calling for a temporary ceasefire. He was against it. He's already calling for it. It is mattering that people are in the streets. It is mattering that people are speaking out. Right now, Biden is bottom of the polls, and he's been told by people in the United States, they will not vote for him. Democrats are pulling away from him. With this act, he is losing his power and he's starting to act. So yes, globally it matters. Globally it matters that Latin American governments are pulling their ambassadors from Israel. Every time someone does that, more courage happens. We cannot allow this level of crime against humanity. The globe has to speak out to stop it. The people of Palestine and the people of Israel want peace. We need to move the violent leadership out of the way because the people of Israel and the people of Palestine know they want to live together in harmony. They want to live together in peace. There are violent factions on both sides, but the people want to live in peace. And if we could end the occupation, you end the agreement to the resistance, you end the agreement to um, the violence, and peace will take time. And the whole world needs to support that. Thank you very much, Judy Evans, joining us from Shanghai, co-founder of Code Pink. With that, we come to the end of this special edition of The Point with me, Liu Xin. As always, you can follow me on Facebook and Twitter using the handle Liu Xin in Beijing. You've got The Point. Thank you.